1: Hi there. My name is Mike Wahlberg, and I'm excited to welcome you to the inaugural episode of Guiding Assets, the flagship investment podcast for CFA Institute. While it has a new name and I've stepped into the host chair, Guiding Assets is in fact an evolution of the amazing CFA Institute podcast, Take 15, which wrapped up a 12-year run last summer. I was a huge fan of Take 15, so I'm thrilled to be part of the relaunch and excited to share our interviews with leading minds in our industry with you. We're gonna keep it short and snappy, 25 minutes max and the goal each episode is to ferret out tangible insights that practitioners can apply in their day-to-day. Speaking of guests, we have a terrific one for today's launch. CFA Institute President and CEO, Mark Franklin. Marg took the helm of CFA Institute in September 2019 after over 25 years in investment and wealth management. And as anyone who has had the pleasure of meeting Marg will tell you, she is passionate about moving the financial services industry forward and using the Charter as a force for good in the world. Welcome, Mark.
0: Hi, Mike, thanks very much for inviting me to join you on this exciting occasion, the first of the Guiding Asset podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. And I think that the last time you and I met was pre-pandemic, it was in person, and we were presenting Charter holders to the newly minted um, Charter holders in Vancouver. It seems like a million years ago, but it is nice to be back together, albeit virtually.
1: It, it does seem like forever ago, doesn't it, Marg? It does. Wow. Yeah, well, nice to see you uh, and, and speak with you today. So, so, Marg, today I'd like to set the table for the focus of guiding assets. There are a few key themes, uh, which we'll keep coming back to, which reflect the four current strategic priorities guiding you and the Board of Governors of CFA Institute. They include aspirations around excellence in investment management, but also include providing leadership within the industry itself. So to start off, could you take us through the current thinking in the C-suite at CFA Institute? Well,
0: as you pointed out, I have more than 25 years of experience in the investment industry, and I don't think I've ever seen a period of time such as we're in right now that is more dynamic, more complex, more volatile, and more challenging. And that can create a really um, exciting period. So From where we sit and from the research that we do, um, we can see that today's investment professional is really facing an extraordinary moment of immense change in the construct of our ecosystem in the broad investment landscape and then the overall societal context in which we're currently working. So what does that mean in simple terms? Frankly, investment returns are gonna be more difficult to achieve with the appropriate risk profiles. And this is at a time when clients and society are asking more from us, including questioning uh, the impact of what we do And then this of course has considerable implications for the way we construct portfolios, what we offer clients, and increasingly how we interact with them, the way our businesses and the industry operates and is structured. I'm a very firm believer that our industry is critical to rebuild the global economy, particularly as we grapple with the impacts of the pandemic. You know, um, capital is required for almost everything, and we play an essential function when it comes to providing that capital to fuel economic growth and really uh, particularly to achieve financial security for individuals, whether that be through retirement schemes or individual savings. So this presents a real opportunity for the core skills we have, whether that be active management, deep investment analysis, and most certainly capital allocation. But all of these will be reimagined and applied in new ways where we use our analytical skills to make an impact in the most material and tangible ways. One example of this is alternative data and the types of analysis that are needed um, in different areas. If we take a look at sustainability, for example, this offers a great opportunity for the financial industry to add value for our clients, to use data in different ways, to apply capital in different ways. And when we think about some of the most important aspects of that, we see active stewardship and engagement as essential. So what we really think about is the combination of artificial intelligence and human intelligence to change the way that we're approaching capital allocation, to change the ways that we look at portfolio construction and security analysis. And we've probably never seen a period of such tremendous change, both in what we're doing and the way we're doing it.
1: I want to thank you for that. I want to pull on that thread a little bit on the technology side because there is of course an incredible evolution taking place in data right now. For analysts and portfolio managers being able to capably ferret out new data sources, incorporate it into our analysis, being nimble and flexible in our thinking is more important than ever. So, What role do you see technology playing in the future of our industry and what are you and the CFA Institute focused on here?
0: This is probably one of the most interesting aspects of the industry and the one of greatest change in the industry that we see. And it really breaks out into two ways. One is actually data and analytics and then the technology to work with that data. If we cast our minds back maybe five to 10 years ago, broadly speaking, the industry was really far behind the headlines. So certain of the very largest firms had good technology and data embedded in their portfolio management process, but it was really limited to a handful. Increasingly, we see more and more firms accessing that data and using technology to transform the way they look at portfolios. There was a time, I think, that AI really caused fear among many professionals for really as a result of thinking that they would be displaced. But it's become immensely clear that embracing the advancement of technology and finding ways to work in harmony with the ever-evolving fintech landscape really leads to greater outcomes on behalf of our clients and more efficient ways of working. We can see globally the recognition that these innovations will play a critical role in the investment process moving forward, yet our research is very clear that every institution is at a different stage of their adoption and integration journey. And fostering trust, the corporate culture, having the right skill sets among the teams to map this evolution uh, does remain challenging. We certainly also recognize that investment professionals need resources and education to progress head on and continue to work to introduce these into the market through professional learning programs, And thought leadership. So I think about our T-shaped teams research, which is about organizing to adopt AI and big data at investment firms. And I think this is really where CFA makes a material contribution, not only in the thought leadership, but also in the way firms are structured and individuals are thinking about their own professional development.
1: I wanna talk a bit about sustainability, which as you know, has several important meanings within the capital markets these days. Uh, It's a key pillar of CFA Institute mandate is of course endorsing actions that will help preserve and improve the sustainability of the system itself, working to promote ethical decision-making, advocating for robust regulation around risk and disclosures and the like. But what about sustainability through the ESG lens? What do you see as CFA Institute's role when it comes to sustainability and investing?
0: CFA Institute has, I think, a remarkably important role to play in this particular area. It's new. It requires research. It requires consolidation and coalescing of the asset management business, I think, really around this. We lag both banking and insurance industry with the sustainability, and let's talk specifically about climate for a moment, and we're playing catch-up. As you will recall, at COP26, there were a number of declarations made and commitments made, particularly through GFANS, and now it's up to the industry to actually deliver on those. I would say that the headlines are probably well ahead of the ability of the industry to deliver on that. So we think about the complex challenge between fulfilling a fiduciary duty, whether that be for institutional investors or or to individual investors, and that is, you know, creating value and then how that plays in with the much longer term complexity of climate, for instance. So we have short term um, objectives for clients or medium term against the backdrop of this long term conundrum that we need to solve and has a great deal of urgency to it. So we have actually doubled down on this particular one and are doing three approaches to it. The first is the research required to challenge these complex or to deal with these complex challenges. The second is is to provide education for investment professionals. And the third is really to think about the standards that we are well known for that we can set in this space. So let's deal with each one individually. When we think about the research, we know the one thing CFA Institute has is great convening power, and that is the ability to bring different parts of the market together to address some of those real intractable challenges of the industry and sustainability is definitely one of them. Our early research is pointing right now to four structural issues that we need to deal with. If we're going to deal with the climate file is a really good example and that's benchmarks, the anchoring positions for portfolios, incentives, the way we're compensated and for which activities Time horizons, which are getting shorter and shorter in portfolios, and yet we're dealing with these very long-term 2030, 20, 2050 20, outcomes that we need to address. And then finally, systems thinking, our ability to move just beyond risk and return, but to think much more holistically about the interdependencies and most notably our impact. And we have to do that within the context of our fiduciary duty to create value for investors, whether they be institutional or individual investors, while still abiding by these longer-term challenges. And I think there's great self-enlightened interest in addressing the sustainability file, because almost everybody wants a long-term system that can continue on. Um, And if we think about climate, there really is some some time horizons to this. So for us, we think that ESG analysis equates to fundamental analysis, those core skills that investment professionals have, but thinking about them differently. So the first is doing the research around that. The second is education. We launched the ESG certificate, which is a foundational program for investment professionals in the ESG space. We'll be bringing climate certificate later this year, and we've been working with the UK society, and of course, the UK is well ahead on these files. We also have a bevy of pieces that we have on our website, webinars, uh, all kinds of professional learning that can meet the investment professional where they are at, either just getting up to speed on it, all the way through credentialing and validating And then the last aspect is on our standards. And uh, when I joined, we decided that we would address a very immediate issue, which was the case of greenwashing and we launched our ESG Disclosure Standards for Investment Products. It's the first of its kind globally. It reconciles with all jurisdictions, so there's no conflict with the standards in each of the different jurisdictions around the world. And of course, it is a classic playbook from our GIPS, Global Investment Performance Standards, where we are creating standards that create transparency, comparability, and reliability such that investment managers can disclose the nature and characteristics of the funds and investors, more importantly, can allocate that capital as they wish and as they expect to. This has been incredibly well-received. And of course, we were ahead of it in terms of what we see as increasing regulatory requirement for investment managers and investment products to really deliver that which they say. And it's an amazing landscape Where, in fact, the definitions, the understanding of different words like sustainability, like ESG integration, things like that that are bandied about really liberally can mean very different things to different people. So again, when we go back to the three playbooks that we have, it's research, education, and standards. And all of these work together to help address the challenges that investment professionals, that they see in this really dynamic, amazing opportunity, but very challenging space.
1: Yeah, because once once the each of those three pillars have been sort of implemented over time, you end up looking at ESG integration as basically the, the basic standards of fundamental equity analysis or security analysis.
0: Yeah,
1: it's all built in instead of an add-on or an SRI fund or whatever. It just sort of becomes part of part of our role as as analysts of uh, of the security markets.
0: Well, we hope that that's the case, and I will say Mike, that our candidate curriculum for the c f a charter program has about fifteen percent of the curriculum is e s g but it's fully integrated within the within the curriculum, so even our core education product actually thinks about it that way
1: that's terrific that's that's changed a bit from from what I went through for sure. I think I just had to show up and sign my. No, I didn't have to show up and sign my name. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was difficult. It was has been as difficult as it always has been for the last twenty years. As, as we move forward through these four themes, and and to recap them, they are, re- are strengthening the structural resilience of the capital markets, developments in data analytics, technology and automation, innovation, influence and impact, and sustainability. These themes are critical for investment professionals today. So where can investors find more information or resources from CFA Institute to to grow their expertise in these areas?
0: Mike, I think you touched on the most critical component is how do investment professionals grow their expertise. I think that we have a rich cache of resources available for investment professionals. And really, they're designed to look beyond what we're doing today to better meet obviously current needs but more importantly anticipate the needs of what they'll need tomorrow so our research is focused on actionable answers and response to some of the profession's biggest and most complex questions and we do that through thought leadership we know that we can drive how the industry thinks and what it does with that thought leadership And then, as I mentioned, we do it through our professional standards and especially advocacy where we can bolster a more principled industry. And what we really leverage off there is our impartiality or our neutrality. And if you think about the composition of CFA Institute and particularly its membership, you know, in our mission, we lead the investment profession through the highest standards of ethics, education and professional excellence for the ultimate benefit of society. Because we're a not-for-profit organization, we don't have skin in the game for a particular commercial outcome. And because of the very diverse nature of our membership, it comes from all parts of the market. We have no particular angle that we hew to outside of investor outcomes. So I think that creates a forum where we can solve those intractable challenges and then where we can advocate for them. And then finally, we're very committed to expanding our suite of educational products and that is designed to support new workplace dynamics and professional development really from career entry all the way through to career exit. You touched a little bit about when on when we wrote our charters and when we got them. And I think about something like ESG which wouldn't have played any part in the charter program when I wrote it. But even five to 10 years ago was not a standard fare, and of course now it is. And so it's incumbent on us and our responsibility to create those programs as new technology, new topics, and new demands from the industry change what investment professionals need to be really the best that they can be. So I would encourage professionals to seek out our educational programs such as the Certificate in ESG Investing. This does a couple of things. First of all, it develops their expertise as it relates to ESG considerations. It also is a certificate that validates that learning. And it also encourage people to look for ways to expand their connections, whether that be learning from thought leaders who are influencing the way that we're approaching our work and exploring these topics in further depth. You know, I think about our annual conference, which is coming up in mid-May, the Alpha Summit. Uh, Registration details can be found on our website. I think there's all kinds of really good work, whether it be research, playbooks, or a multitude of professional learning on some of the most important topics that our industry is addressing right now and that investment professionals will need to be successful.
1: Okay, for my final question, it's a two-parter. Are you ready? I think so. First of all, what was your first job in the industry? And second, if you could take yourself for coffee on the first day of that job, what key piece of advice would you offer yourself?
0: The first job I had was at State Street Global Advisors in Toronto. And I did a whole bunch of things, prepared RFPs, presentations. But one thing that people inside CFA deeply appreciate and they are searing memories is once a quarter staying at the office till close to midnight to get the returns in for the composites to fulfill the performance presentation standards, which back then were called Amer PPS, now known as GIPS. Um, so it does, uh, I think, give our teams here in those divisions some affection for me for knowing exactly what goes into, back in the day, preparing those performance presentation standards. And if I took myself out for coffee, I would say really work on your networks, surround yourself with people that are better than you, expand your horizons so that you can see round corners, so that you can see what's coming down the pike. So I might have had very particular activities, but saying yes to lots of people who were doing interesting work and being really open-minded, I think is critically important. When I started in the career, I started in the business, I always thought it was going to be a really exciting career it had a lot of dimensions to it behavioral finance economics math political aspects there was so much in it client interaction so much in it and i still remain as excited and as interested as i thought i would be in those first few months at ssga
1: thanks so much for joining us mark it's been a real pleasure chatting with you again And and we hope to have you on in a future episode to dive even deeper into these topics.
0: I'd love to come back.
1: And there we have it. That brings the first episode of Guiding Assets to a close. Please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, as we are already busy at work on the next few episodes, and you will not want to miss them. I'm Mike Wahlberg, and this has been Guiding Assets.